coworkers are powerful teachers. They'll show you how to listen, gain understanding, compromise, negotiate, and empathize. With and through others, you have the opportunity to follow, lead, make mistakes, and resolve conflict. Without them, you won't become fully you. This is Rich, and it's time to revive your work. We've talked about how work as we know it is broken and backwards. Broken because data tells us what we already know. Employees are disengaged and burnt out. Backwards because we have our priorities reversed. Typical business puts outcomes first. And then, and only then, do they consider people. That can create some short-term success, and it won't be sustainable. Solving the core problem at work starts with new programming. Programming that sounds like this. Work is about things more important than the work. Last week, we looked at principle number one. It's about transforming you. And we uncovered that you are the most important person in your business. It is you, and it always has been you, which means you deserve the focus, the time, the attention, the resources to become the best version of you that you can be. It's about taking those 90,000 hours that you're going to invest over the lifetime of your work into transforming yourself. Our next principle, it's about supporting them. For the last decade, we've noticed a phenomena in the workplace. It's called knowing about without knowing. Knowing about without knowing. We were in a workshop with some managers. We put that phrase out there and asked them, what, what might that mean? One manager stood up. Here's what she said. It means... When I give information to my assistant, because I know she can run the report, and as I turn away, I realize I don't know the names of her children. Wow. You could feel, you could sense the emotion in this leader's voice. See, we've been placing priorities on tasks, deadlines, deliverables and outcomes at the cost of people, connections, and relationships. And it's impacting our business results. And this was a challenge long before COVID-19. When people worked in the same office building, we found that proximity doesn't mean personal. That people can be very lonely, surrounded by others. Now, we've got this thing called social distancing. We've got to ensure that distance doesn't mean distant. Let's talk about some old programming that needs to be replaced because it's creating a barrier to this principle. Imagine your manager calls you into their office. Now, the fact that they're calling you into their office or calling you into a Zoom meeting to check on you 
makes you nervous already because the average manager, the average leader doesn't call you into a meeting to praise you. Here's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. Before we get started, I just want to say, this is business. It's not. Yes, you know the next word because you've heard it before and you might have even said it before. This is business. It's not personal. Now, when you hear that phrase, your heart rate is going to elevate and your blood pressure is going to raise. Your body is not fooled by this phrase. It actually knows that this is a fight or flight scenario because work has been and always will be personal. Regardless of the phrases and the language we use, it is personal. A second barrier is the open door policy. Yeah, you've heard it and you might have even used it. I know I have. And it doesn't mean what we think it does. Here's why. It puts responsibility for taking initiative on somebody else. And in the workplace, as leaders, as influential coworkers, we need to be the person taking initiative to connect with and to step into the lives of others, into the world of the people who are waiting to connect with you, are waiting to be inspired by you, waiting to be encouraged by you, waiting to be known by you. Now, in today's COVID experience, it might look like picking up the phone or scheduling more video conversations. It is our responsibility to reach out and engage others who we work with. My youngest daughter was a senior in high school and she was on her way home from school one day and I got a call. Carly said, hey dad, when I come home this afternoon, will you consider something? Uh, I chuckled inside and thought to myself, I need more information. So I replied, well, Carly, um, I might consider something. Tell me more. She said, well, dad, typically when I walk in the house, you start telling me about the homework that I've got to complete, about the chores that I need to focus on, and about what time I need to be ready for dinner. What if this evening, when I come in, we sit and talk about how our day's been? Wow. Coaching from my daughter. You see, Carly had recognized that I had shifted priorities. Away from connection to production. I had decided that the most important thing for us is to get things done. Interesting thing was this. When I followed her coaching, when I leaned into her suggestion and did indeed create some space to talk about how our day went, to connect as, as human beings and as father and daughter, the other things improved. In other words, the, the homework the chores, and the dinner time, all were beneficiaries by putting them in their rightful place behind the human connection. So how do you live this out? How do we make this show up in our workplace? Well, a few months ago, my team got together. We were reflecting on our core values and how we may or may not be living them out in our workplace. So the idea came up that we should start each of our team meetings with up to 30 minutes of space to connect personally. 
Now, I've got to tell you, the first few weeks were a struggle for me. I was so used to jumping in to the the process of our conversation, the business of our conversation. I actually asked them a couple times, listen, we've got a lot to cover today. What if we skip this portion? Or what if we first talk about our business needs and then we can go ahead and I had to stop because I could tell by their gestures that I wasn't going to get my way. They were committed to holding me accountable to what we determined was important. I will say that over the last few months, that has been very powerful for us. I no longer dread how our meetings start. I look forward to them because I've seen the value. We are more productive and more focused and more collaborative the rest of the days we work together. This stuff is simple. It's a simple concept. It's not easy. And the reason it's difficult is because it's going against the programming and the patterns and the habits we have created over the years that tell us it's all about the work. And that is not the truth. Work is about things more important than the work. And if we get that, if we'll reverse the system, not only will we be better as human beings, our work will benefit as well. So here's your take-home application. At the end of the day, when you're connecting with an important person in your life, trade in an old lazy question for a new skillful question. Here's the example. Instead of saying tonight to somebody, did you have a good day? Try this. What was the best part of your day? And by simply going from, did you have a good day? Yes or no? To What was the best part of your day? You are showing genuine interest in understanding more about the person and their story. You will benefit, and so will they, and you'll be on your way to supporting them. If you'd find value in an additional weekly dose of encouragement, visit reviveyourwork.com backslash blog. Again, that's reviveyourwork.com backslash blog. We'll see you next week as we continue our conversation that transcends the blurred lines between our personal and professional lives. 